Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. We are hosts, Chad Mitchell and David Finch. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad. I'm David. We're glad to be back with you for another podcast. As promised, we're going to be studying in vain. And so we're looking forward to a good study, and we'll have lots of scriptures to look up. As always, if you have any questions, send us an email at truth, or sorry, um, truthinagapelove at gmail.com. Uh, the, that email address is in the link. You can click on it and send us a note if you want to join in the study uh, or join in the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Find us on Facebook. Uh, as uh, And again, if you like what you hear, share us. Give us a share. Let, tell your friends. Um, and hit the subscribe button. So with that, we'll go ahead and jump in our study, Dave. All righty. So like I said at the end of last week, we're going to be talking about in vain. And one thing that we must understand is God never speaks in vain. He never does anything in vain. Now the word, the the Greek word for vain is, um, well, i got to find where I'm at, is, uh, okay, so the word, the Greek word for vain means without reason, without cause, and so essentially without purpose. So there is, is no purpose behind it. And so God never speaks without a purpose. You're right. He, he never speaks in vain. So okay. whatever he says happens. And even as he talks to his inspired people, even throughout the Old Testament, called prophets, they too never spoke any words in vain when they spoke the words of God. As we see in Deuteronomy 18, 20-22, it says, But the prophet shall, which shall speak... Wow. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry, let me start over. But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thy heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing followeth not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. But the prophet has spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. So even a prophet, if it is indeed a prophet of God, will be correct 100 percent of the time yeah and i think that's key 100 percent of the time that's right you know uh there are folks that claim to be a prophet today and they're not right on everything that's right i mean they might be right on a few things yeah. but even it, a blind squirrel finds a knife hey, from time. i'm telling you <laughs> i can make a prediction just with the best of them and yep. sometimes it happens you know but um yeah i think that's that's the biggest thing here that's the only way you can test a prophet is that everything that he says comes true. Then you that's know that's right. from God. Yeah. And so if they have one felt prophecy, like you said, they are not from God. They have proven themselves not to be a prophet of God. And guys, we're, you got to do your research. You know, I mean, uh, usually someone who's a prophet like that, if they're wrong, they will bury it. That's right. As good as they possibly can. They will try to hide it so you they can't will hide you it. can't expose them as the false prophet as they are. So you got to you got to really search sometimes because they will hide if they're wrong. That's right. Or they'll immediately reprophesy or something, you know. Because let's not forget what they are doing. They are prophesying the words of God. 
Yeah. And God does not speak in vain. And God doesn't make a mistake. That's right. Which, of course, encourages us to make sure that when we speak, we do not speak in vain. You know, as it says in 1 Peter 4.11, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. Yeah. And, and so, if you are to speak, you are to speak the words of God. Mm-hmm. So, as a Christian, we can't just go out and, and speak our think so. No. Because if we are speaking our think so, then we are not sent from God. And it, it makes sense, you know. I mean, um, God's perfect, okay? He doesn't make a mistake. He doesn't mess up. So, if you're speaking for God, it's perfect. There's no mistakes. That's right. You know, it makes sense. That's right. That's why we we cannot speak our think so or mm-hmm. what we believe. It because we what we believe doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We and our think so cannot save anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, only God and His Word can save you. And so, if we are to speak, and and we are disciples of Christ, mm-hmm. we need to speak the oracles of God. We need to speak His words, not ours. I'm reminded of a good friend of mine. He was gonna. He was rest at a wrestling tournament, and he was in the tournament to wrestle. I okay. think I've brought this up before. At least I have to you, I think. And he goes to the board to see who he's wrestling, and it was Jesus. But he thought it was Jesus. He's like <laughs> four foot. I four foot the, you know, I, there's no way I can beat this guy. That's you know? funny, yeah. And so, you know, using that analogy of Jesus, like if you had Jesus on your team, man, you're going to win. Yeah. You know, it's going to be perfect. And um, and so if you're going to be speaking for God, it better be perfect. And, That's right. And you and, know, if God is for us, who could be against us? Right. Right. Um, Psalm one twenty seven, verse one. This is a verse that I actually did not put in my lesson, and as I wanted to, I just uh, as I wrote down my lesson, as I finished, I was like, "Hey, wait, that verse wasn't in there." <laughs> But to go right back to what you were saying. What was it again? Psalm 127, verse 1. Okay. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. The point behind that is if you are not doing it for the Lord or if the Lord is not behind it, it is in vain. Yeah. It is without purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, as Ecclesiastes 1, verse 2, and also Ecclesiastes 12, verse 8, also point out, vanity of vanity, says the preacher. Mm-hmm. Vanity of vanity, all is vanity. And so, and of course, Ecclesiastes, he is referring to things under the sun in this world. Okay? So everything in this world is vanity. You know, you can't... You can't win a war without God on your side. You know, you can't, especially if, if you're trying to um, fight the spiritual warfare as we're commanded to in, in uh, Ephesians 6, right? Mm-hmm. But if you are trying to go at this war, this spiritual warfare, if you're trying to go at it without the Lord on your side, it's worthless. It, you are doing it in vain. And so as it as it comes back to speaking in vain, you know, as it says in, in Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. 
So, you know, as we are called to be holy as he is holy, according to 1 Peter 1.16, we need to make sure that we don't have any unwholesome words coming out of our mouth. Yeah. You know, what we need to make sure we do is there's no corrupt communication. You know, there, there is no um, misleading in our voices. And anytime you add your think so, because for whatever reason, I can't find it in Scripture, but I think it should be this way, mm-hmm. it is no longer the way. Yeah. You are a blind man leading the blind. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're a Christian, that means Christ-like. And so if you are not following the way of Christ, using His words, then you're not following Christ. Yeah. You're no longer a Christian at that point. And keeping in mind, we may not always be nailing it. I'm not saying that, you know, you have to be perfect, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't seek to always be nailing it. We're striving it. to. We, we are striving to be perfect. Yeah, and we're striving to do what God's Word says. Yeah. And the only way that we can lead others to Christ is to speak the oracles of, of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a big part of this, I, I think of like an undercover cop, right? Where they go undercover. A lot of times they have to do break the law to get on the good side of the, the lawbreakers, right? Where they have to perhaps do drugs and do all that to to get them to trust them enough mm-hmm. to, to let them into their inner circle so we can bust them. That's not the way we are to be Christians. You know, we don't become bad to bring people to the light. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't... That's not the way it works as well, a Christian. And I'm also thinking of, like, um, you don't um, do... Um, say things like it's uh, it doesn't say we can't right you know it but it doesn't say we can either yeah so there's a lot of things like that it's like well the, but the bible doesn't say anything that i can't do this well it doesn't tell you to do it either there's no command to do it yeah and i'm glad you brought that up because you understand the heart behind the questions the mm-hmm. two different questions mm-hmm. where you know, if you let your kid go into the grocery store, you say, go get eggs and milk and bring my change. Mm-hmm. They get eggs and milk, and as they're waiting in line, they grab a candy bar. Mm-hmm. Did they obey you? No. Well, you never said they couldn't. That's right. Mm-hmm. But the biggest problem is is they did it because they wanted it. Yeah. Rather and I think than that's how a question, lot of people treat their religion. That's right. Rather than asking the question, well, my parents never said I could. Yeah. You know, and, and my... Um, as a boss or a foreman, I've had that happen to me so right. many times. It's like, and it probably really upsets you. Yeah, why didn't you ask? Why didn't you tell me? Yeah, and I would have given you an answer. You know? Yeah. I get people that I get some saying things like, "Well, I don't want to bother you." Have I ever gotten mad at you for bothering me? <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> but every time I get mad at you for not bothering me, actually. Yeah, and that's that's a whole other subject, but. The point is, um, a lot of times, just like, I love the analogy that you bring here, because just because God said not to do it, or didn't say not to do it, doesn't mean that we can't. That's right. That That's not an excuse to do it. Mm-mm. You know, and another, and, and you will get a lot of people mm-hmm. who have that mentality in, in faith, right? Where mm-hmm. now they begin to teach the doctrines of men. Where it actually doesn't say they can, but because they feel like they they should be able to, 
now they're teaching that the, that you can because God never said you could. I think a good um, point on this is um, musical instruments and in worship. Yeah. Because every example we have in the New Testament of how we ought to worship, it says sing. That's right. It never says play. It doesn't say anything about it. And it also doesn't say don't play. Yeah. The scriptures do not teach don't play musical instruments. So does that mean it's okay to do it because he never said not to? It's just there was no example of them doing it. Yeah. So that's why we don't use musical instruments. And it drives right back to the heart of man. Yeah. Why are you seeking to do it? You know, if you ask the question, well, why it doesn't say I can't, that's a selfish question to ask. Yeah. Because you want to do it, so now you're saying, well, it doesn't say I can't because I want to do it. Yeah. Rather than saying emptying yourself and asking the question, where does God say I can't? And mm-hmm. if he doesn't say, I can't, then I, I really need to stay away from it. Mm-hmm. And this is what the scribes and Pharisees really did. You know, they, they would actually teach their the teachings of their um, their forefathers before them rather than um, the actual scripture. In Matthew 15, verse 9, Christ condemns this. He says, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So they were teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. Yeah. This is very scary. So th- they were holding the words of man as equal to the words of God. Yeah. You know, and I will say, I will put it this way. Let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because keep in mind, not everyone in that time could just buy a Bible. Mm. Right? They had to go to the scribes and Pharisees. And it was their job to read it and yeah, we're interpret spoiled it to today. Them. We're oh, yeah. spoiled. We're, we're very spoiled. But so here, let's just let's just say the scribes and Pharisees were, for all purposes, just trying to help them. Mm-hmm. Literally trying to make sure that they didn't even get to the law to break it. You know, and what they ended up doing was building like a hedge around the law. So that they couldn't even get to the law to break it. Yeah. That's what these teachings of men were. They, they were building this hedge around it. And let's just say they were doing that to protect them. Well, so, we, so nobody actually broke the commandments of God. We all know that man complicates things. Just look at our government. That's right. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> but so let's just say for all, all purposes, they were doing it with a sincere heart, seeking to please God and, and trying to keep everyone from breaking God's law. That does not change that Christ condemned it. Mm-hmm. That does not change that Christ condemned it. And and that's why it doesn't say we can't, you know. Yeah. That's, I have a great example of that yes. that, that come to my mind here. And uh, so uh, I had a machinist. And if any of you know what a machinist does, they, they turn shafts on a lathe. You can do it in wood or steel. You know, and and we make we make a lot of shafts that 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 turn motors and gearboxes and conveyors and things like that. And um, he that we had a print. He had a print that showed how you know there was different uh, thicknesses of the shaft that he had to turn out of this bigger shaft and make this. You know, there's very specific specs of how this shaft should be built and turned and and cut so they cut the metal off you know to make it a certain size with a with a cutting tool mm-hmm. and he comes to me but midway in the job and he's got the print and he goes hey is it okay if there's a groove here and he's pointing on a spot on the print where it's just smooth no grooves okay is it okay if there's a groove there and i was like uh is it on the print he's like nope 
I says, then it's not okay. <laughs> no, it's not okay that there's a groove there. You just ruined this piece of metal. Yeah. Uh, because now here, the print didn't say to put a groove there. So it's not okay. You know, but he's trying, he put a groove there. <laughs> he messed up. He messed up. <laughs> yeah. And and so it, that's kind of how it is. It doesn't say not to put a groove there. Like there was no arrow pointing, no grooves here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere else is fine, but no group here. <laughs> like, there was no arrow saying that, you yeah. know? And that's kind of what we're talking about, where when it's not there in the scripture, there's no example of it. We ought not to be doing it because it's not there. That's right. And it's the same on the print. There was no arrow pointing, do not put a groove here. <laughs> it yeah. was supposed to be smooth. And, and so, consequently, he ruined that part, and we had to start over. Yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, that's just... You know how my brain works. I'm always thinking of an example, and I think that no, that's a very good that should example. make sense to people because when we're building something, you know, even if it's just putting together a swing set in the backyard or a toy or, you know, anything, there's specific instructions on how to do it, and if you add something to that, it's not going to go well. That's right. And to go to that, as we were just talking before, do not um, doesn't matter what we think or what we say. God talks about this in Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine. He says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Yeah. And then to go with that, Malachi 3, 6, there it says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Now here's, here's a very key point here to point out in this. He says, I do not change, therefore you are not consumed. Which also indicates if he did change, we would be consumed. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. can you imagine That's if, a good point. If, if he changed and we didn't get the memo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd be consumed. We would be consumed. Yeah. And, and so that's ex- that is um, comfort for us to know that he, he doesn't change. Because if he did change, then we would be consumed. That's what God is saying here. Yeah. But he doesn't change, therefore we are not consumed. Well, and I mean, the the Bible has, what, 26 chapters, right? 36? Oh, great. How, are you talking about books? Well, yeah. yeah. Books, 66 sorry, books. books. 66 books. And 39 in the old, 27 in the new. Okay, there you go. <clears throat> Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Anyways, I, I'm just saying the Bible is relatively small. Yeah. It's not complicated. Um, if it changed, if God wanted it to change and wanted man to be in charge of it, have you ever seen our tax laws and all oh, the rules? Man. I mean, the, you see what happens when man gets involved. They totally ruin everything. Yeah. You know, we've been trying to build a shop all summer, and we're still trying to get a permit for for things. Isn't that ridiculous? And we could have had it done months ago, but all this red tape and red legislation mm-hmm. that's supposedly supposed to be keeping us safe takes forever. Yeah. And it's because man has complicated it. Mm-hmm. You can't just build a barn in two days anymore. Invite all the neighbors and build a barn, because guess what? You're in violation yeah. of <laughs> something. Because <laughs> somebody has to get money. You know? Yeah, exactly. And so my point is... Man complicates things. They make it way harder than it needs yeah, to be. That's their job. All you have to do is look at the government. Yeah. And so when, when we... That's a really good point. Because when we 
look at the the word of God. It's not complicated. No. But it does it does require you to study it. Yeah. You know, he will reveal it to the simple. But the simple has to study it. Yeah. He he made wise the simple where you know the simpleton which is in many ways and shapes and forms is me. I'm, I I can't use big fancy words, you know. Oh yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not. I can't um, remember stuff. You do really good at remembering and stuff, but we're both different. That's right. Like together, we we're a lot talents. stronger. Yeah. It's 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 really tough for me to recall verses and 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 things like that. I yeah. forget way too much. But outside of the Bible, I can count on my hand the amount of books I've read from from cover to cover mm-hmm. on, on like one hand, I think. Mm-hmm. I may be I may be peaking five, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm going through another book right now that we're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. I won't get into that, but I don't like reading other books. Mm-hmm. Where there's a lot of people who like reading books, like my um, Patrick. He was he was here. He was yeah, sure. on the podcast a little while ago. Yeah, um, his daughter when she was like 11, she was like on her um, what was it? I, not. Harry Potter. She oh, was yeah. reading Harry Potter, which was a thick book. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was actually reading it to me. She read better than I did. Yeah. At 11. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, why don't you just wait till the movie comes out? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, that's what I'm like, I know. I'll just wait till the movie comes out. Yeah. But, you know, some people like to read. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people. Yeah. I love reading the Bible because mm-hmm. it's perfect. But I, I'm not the biggest fan of just reading, you know, historical books or something like that. It ends up putting me to sleep, mm-hmm. um, and I don't really know how that has to do with with what we we're talking about. We've kind of got a little off topic, we, we did, but, but so as as we as we talked about, the scribes and Pharisees were condemned for building these hedges around yeah. the law. Yeah. Now, as we must understand what what Christ says in Matthew five twenty. Yeah, we got to bring this back to vain because we're talking about God That's not right. speaking. Or and, in vain. That's right. And and they, by building these hedges around the law, it, it made it vain. The, these were vain hedges, you know. And so, but as they built it, speaking for us today, Jesus says in Matthew 5.20, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. So if we find ourselves doing the same thing they're doing, and our righteousness does not exceed their righteousness, we are doing it all for vain, because mm-hmm. it does not help us. It is for no purpose. And that, that of course, leads us into the, the next point. We should not worship in vain. I was just going to say that. Yeah. That's the thing you... you you know, you put all this effort, time, and effort into worshiping God. It better be the right way. That's right. Because if it's wrong, you're wasting your time. And here's the scary thing: there are so many people who have such a sincere love for God, but are sincerely misled. And you know, God says in Hosea four six, "My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge." That's scary. And and so again. Tying it right back to you must study Second Timothy two fifteen, but as we we're talking about here, worshiping in vain. John four twenty four. Yeah, do you want to read that? Sure. So 
Um, uh, can I read 23 as well? Yeah, please. Okay, so it says, But the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship, worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Very good point. So when we worship him, we must worship in spirit and in truth. And I so, like how he says he's seeking such to worship him. That's right. He wants us to worship him. That's right. And But it's equally important to notice the spirit and truth, where, you know, we cannot worship God correctly if it's not in truth. And to tie that in, Ephesians 4, we're going to read 4 through 6. This is a key passage for us to understand, too. So Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, it says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. And when we read this passage, there's a couple questions we have to ask ourselves. So if there is only one faith... How many ways of can we worship that is acceptable to the Lord? How many ways? One. Only one way. As Christ also says in Luke 6:46, and why do you call me Lord Lord and do not do the things in which I say? That's that's an indication that we have no right to call him Lord if we are not serving him the way he asks. Mm-hmm. You know, and that includes the way we worship him. And then so the next question is is so if we do not worship him the way that he has commanded us to, what does that mean for our worship? It's in vain. It's in vain. You we know, worship him without a purpose. And, and you know, another point, too, is um, we can... Christ um, has made worship a matter of the heart. Yes. Okay. And so even we might even be going through the motions of worship, but if our heart's not in it and we're not there for the right reason, that's right. Um, it's in vain. That's right. And so we have to have our heart in the right place as well. Yeah. Uh, do you want to read Matthew to to tie that together? Matthew fifteen. Sure. Verse eight. Matthew fifteen eight says, "These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me." And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So notice, in vain they worship me. And they, they worship in vain because their their heart is far from me. Yeah. But they look good. That's right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and and that's the thing. They look good. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. And so, um, but... God desires our heart, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's the point behind it. Yeah. We need to serve Him with our heart. We need to worship Him with our heart. And if our heart is not there, then then it's done in vain. You know, as as it talks about in Romans ten one through four. Let me turn over there. Romans ten one through four. Another important passage for us to to notice here. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. 
For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for, for righteousness to everyone who believes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, notice, Paul is talking about these Israelites have a zeal for God. These are Jewish brethren that he's talking about. They have a zeal for God, but it is not according to knowledge. And so, tying Hosea 4.6 in with that, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, here he's saying, so they're ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness. That is self-righteousness. Okay? And they, so they have not submitted to the righteousness of God. You know, people try to go rogue and, and try to be righteous, but in their own way. Yeah. You know, that is self-righteousness. And with that, there is no hope. Yeah. You know? That that's vain. Yeah. And so if we start worshiping God the way that we see fit. Or worshiping someone else. Yeah. And or, and well to tie it back with instrumental music, right? Sure. Well, I believe that you know, we sound really good. Yeah. Like we just sound mm-hmm. great. And so I think that the Lord would appreciate our hard diligence towards this service. I think this is a great point also too. Like that's that's a great point. Yeah. We get to we get to justify in it, you know, and well, we just sound so much better and I you know, that's you can't hardly explain that without saying I think, you know. Right. And um this is a big point right here in verse 4 of Romans 10. Yeah. Because he says Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Mhm. Okay. So what does that mean? That means that that kind of goes along with there's there's that was the end that was fulfillment and the Jews refused to see that they refused to to see that Christ was the end the fulfillment of the old law yeah the thing that had been prophesied for a thousand years and, and go ahead oh and so you know if there's a new prophet coming along like we're talking mm-hmm. what is the need Christ was the end of it yeah that was the end that was all that was needed. Yeah. There's no need for any more prophets because Christ was the end. He says it right there. Yeah. And very good point. And Jude 3, it was delivered once and for all. Yeah. So it was delivered to all. And he's explaining once. to the Israelites here because they refused to see that. They refused yep. to see that the point, the point. Yeah. That and they couldn't comprehend that that the law was intended to do just this end with Christ. Yeah. The and, Messiah. And the Jews who accepted Christ had a lot to recognize. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is putting to death the old law, where, you know, their whole life up to this point, they were told to abstain from certain meats, Yeah, right? Where they, they couldn't have swine. Uh, I think there's quite a few others, but they they couldn't have it. Yeah. It, it was forbidden, and now all of a sudden we can. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they, they had a lot of emphasis on physical things. Yeah, and, and so, I mean, they had a lot to overcome, mm-hmm. you know. Yes, I accept Christ, but what does that mean? Like, do yeah. I continue to live the way I did? Like, mm. you Yeah, know, that was tough. Being sincere for the Lord, as they have always been sincere, right? Yeah. And But Galatians 5.2 also points this out, too, as you were pointing out verse 4 in Romans 4 that 
Christ is the end. Yeah. You know, and so Galatians 5, 4. Okay. He says, you have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. So when you put on Christ in baptism, you put away the old man. Yeah. And you only follow Christ. And you follow Christ his way. That's point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's the, the key point. You can't follow him the way you see fit. Mm-hmm. You know, like, for example, I, I asked a question to somebody one time. I said, can you be pleasing to the Lord and, and not know how to please him? And the guy's like, well, yeah, I, I think so. I said, well, let me ask it this way. Can your kids be pleasing to you if they have no idea how to please you? And he's like, oh, no, no, no way. No. <laughs> and it's like, so we are the children in this scenario. How can we think that we can please the perfect Father in heaven if we have no idea how to please him? Yeah. You know, Christ is the end of, of everything else. Yeah. It's Christ's way or no way. You know, as Matthew twenty eight eighteen points out, Christ has all authority in heaven and on earth. Christ has all authority. So what he says goes, mm-hmm. period. There's no debates, you yeah. know. Christ is the end all. Yeah. I love how this is put um, in this commentary that I'm reading from Romans 10. Oh, okay. Uh, verse 4. At the end it says, um, Christ came and fulfilled it, then offered us his righteousness through faith in him. So he fulfilled the old law. He came. That was the end. He fulfilled it. Then offered us his righteousness through faith in him we have to have faith in him and we have to obey him yeah just like what we're saying yeah and and there's example after example of after example of how we can obey him yeah and and what we have to do that's right and you know the word christian actually means christ-like or follower of christ right Mm -hmm. yeah you cannot call yourself a Christian if you do not do the things in which he says. And mm-hmm. that's what he says in Luke six forty six. And so if we are worshiping God the way we see fit, you know, in, in ways, and it doesn't matter how sincere you are behind it. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much zeal you have for God. If it's not according to his knowledge, you are worshiping him in vain. Mm-hmm. And that's... That's scary to think about. If you dedicate your life to the Lord, but because you haven't studied it, you've only gone off of what people have told you to do, you know, where, well, I call it preacheritis. Well, my preacher said this. My yeah. preacher said that. Oh, yeah. You know, rather than going to the Word of God and finding out yourself, well, it doesn't matter what the preacher says. And there's lots of examples in the Bible of not doing things in vain. That's right. All through the Bible. There's all these warnings of what not to do in vain. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them is prayer. Yeah. You know, the Matthew 6, 5 through 7. That's right. You know, he gives us an example. Yeah. And and so there's all, like, you go across the board, there's a ton of things that he's given, examples he's given us. Yeah. We talked about uh, one the other day, uh, not um, doing things in vain. Which one was it? Are you talking about, um, like, just kind of, like, using Bible words, Bible ways kind of a thing? That oh, one. yeah. And, and like, some of the things, you know, temporary, things yeah, are temporary, um, even deliverance. Deliverance, you know, yep. A lot of those things are warnings of what not to do. Don't be vain. Don't do things in vain. That's right. You know, there, there's, there, I can't, 
you know how my brain works. I can't recite all of them, but there's a lot of examples, and we're talking about quite a few of them here. Yeah. Of warnings, what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> In vain. And you know what's important for us is to to heed the warnings. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If we don't heed these warnings and we continue to do it just because, well, I, I don't want to cause waves or whatever. Well, that's that's a problem. You know, and it, it's not that. In no way am I saying that it, the road before you is going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Christ never says it's going to be easy. No. He just says, you remain faithful to me and I will provide a way of escape for you. Mm-hmm. But you must seek that way of escape. And that's 1 Corinthians 10.13. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but you must seek that way of escape. If you don't seek that way of escape, then you will be overtaken by that temptation. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't, if you're not allowing to stand up for truth... You will fail, you know, and everything you do will be in vain. Well, I think uh, being prideful, like we talked. Yeah. Pride, he's, it, there's nowhere in the Bible where pride is used in a good way. Yeah. It's saying don't be prideful. 47 different times, and it's never in a good light. Yeah, don't be full of yourself. Yeah. Don't be don't be ignorant. Yeah. And, and, and you know, don't be vain that way. Yeah. You need to give glory to God. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and everything you do should should be giving glory to God. That's right. And and that especially comes into our prayer, our prayer life, you know. Don't mm-hmm. pray in vain. And I don't have this in my lesson, but that that analogy of the the Pharisee and the um tax collector. Right. I think that's a great. And the Pharisee great... says, "I thank you God that I'm not like this." We should go read it. Where is it at? This tax collector. I'm not sure. You got to look it up. Okay. So, uh While you're looking that up, I want to go to Matthew um 6 verse 8. And it, it verse uh 8 through 13. This is the the model of prayer that Christ prays. So, Chad, while you're looking that up, I'm just going to be be doing this here. It says Starting in verse 8 of Matthew 6, it says, Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So I want to back up to verse 9. He says, in this manner. That is 100% different than pray this prayer, right? As so many people just pray this prayer, that's not what he is saying. He says, pray in this manner. You know, showing honor and respect to God. Hallowed be your name. You know, and, and a lot of times you'll hear a lot of people starting out this way by praising God. That's in this manner. That, that is in this manner. And then, you know, praying for the food that he's blessed us for today. And then asking for forgiveness, but also recognizing that we must forgive our debtors. Because God has forgiven us so much more than what anyone would ever owe us. And so, forgive us, Lord, as we forgive our debtors. Mm-hmm. And then... Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, a lot of times we pray that the Lord deliver us 
from the evil one. You know, don't allow me to overcome evil. You know, and that is praying in that manner. Don't pray these words because it becomes vain. If it's not from the heart, it is vain. You know, going back to Matthew 15, 8, they draw near with, with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Mm-hmm. So have you found it yet? No. Okay. What was it we were talking about? Because I, I searched tax collector. Um, the prayer of the the Pharisee praying about the tax collector. Um. I'm looking in. Yeah, I don't know. So you start talking. I'll I'll try to look it up. <laughs> yeah, I I just I I can't remember exactly what it was that we were talking about, but we were talking about how the tax collector. I'm not greater than the, because he's talking about being greater than a tax collector. Like I thank God that I'm greater than someone else. You know that's certainly a boastful and prideful thing. It is to. Um, you know, and I think we justify, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't go to church or I don't do this, um, but um, I'm but sure, certainly better than the guy who lives at the corner down there. Yeah. You know, he's he's terrible. But so I'm one notch better than him. And they justify themselves by 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 boasting about how they're better than someone. So Luke 18, we're going to start in verse nine. Yeah, I didn't have that in tax collector. <laughs> That's all right. So Luke 18, we're going to start in 9 and we'll read through 14. It says, Also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Mm-hmm. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that, you, that I am not like other men extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you this, man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. So this tax collector, I mean, this um, Pharisee, he was boasting in all that he has done for the Lord. You know, I fast twice a week. I give tithes to all that I possess. Yeah. You know, he's he's boasting like, Lord, you're lucky that I am such a good soldier for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're lucky that that I am this this great man mm-hmm. to. As if God needs anything from us, right? As if we can offer God something that He couldn't get Himself. Yeah, He it, can He can raise raise up great men from rocks if He wants. You know, He doesn't He doesn't need. We always need to be humble before yeah, Him, yeah, because it's us in need, not Him. I think it's good to understand too um, why a tax collector had such a bad rap in this day. Very good point. You know, because I've I remember I was wondering what's so wrong with a tax collector. You know, like <laughs> I I don't know that anyone everyone's probably had that question at some point in their life. We kind of get used to it because we remember. Yeah. But a tax collector in that day uh, made his wage off of a percentage above what he would charge people for taxes. 
That's right. And so w- what happened was the tax collectors kind of got full of themselves and would 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 uh, mark it up way more than they should have. Mm-hmm. They had that reputation. Now, that's not saying that all tax collectors were that way. You know, I'm, I don't know if there was like a standard. I'm not that educated on it. I just know that they, they developed a bad rap because the majority of them would charge more than what was feasible or what was um, they were supposed to. That's right. And they and they could, they, I don't know if they had, I think they kind of had some power to bring the law in and throw you in jail if you didn't pay it. Yeah. Okay. And so, so that really gave them a bad rep. And so they were looked at as a very bad person. That's right. You know, I, I was trying to think of something maybe today that we could relate them to, but I can't think of nothing. Maybe, well, just like maybe an auditor, an yeah, auditor. Okay, but but they're not <laughs> crooked. Like you know, I, I think of like perhaps when we get a crooked uh, officer, a crooked cop. Sure, it'd be that, something like that. You know, where they they're out supposed to be busting the bad guys and and uh, busting the drug and, dealers, and then and they, in that situation, the majority of them are great. The majority of them That's are doing right. exactly what they're supposed to do. That's right. To the law, they they're they're great people, great great officers. But one guy gives them batter up. You That's know? right. And so imagine if if it was the roles were reversed, rather. Most of the cops were bad, and then you'd have some good. That so be, that'd like, be about kind of how that's it like was. the scenario with with, with tax collectors. Tax collectors. Most yeah. of them are bad. So you know, as Matthew was a tax collector, he could have been one of the bad ones. We're not. The scripture doesn't say either way. Not saying that all tax collectors were bad, but most of them were. Well, and I think yeah, absolutely. And and to judge to to judge ourselves against someone else, that's not what we're to do. We're all like the tax collectors. We're all sinners. Yeah, exactly. We're all sinners. There's no one above or below anyone else. We've that's all right. sinned. You've sinned once. You're just as bad as the rest. That's right. And and so that's what we need to focus on, and not put ourselves above anyone. You mm-hmm. know, and and that's that's the point here. Yeah, and and when so when we pray like this Pharisee as we were talking about in Luke 18, this Pharisee was praying in a boastful manner. Yeah, that was vain prayer. Sure, you know. There's there's vain prayer and there's vain repetition mm-hmm. in prayer. Mm-hmm. Both are condemned. But the vain prayer, if it's not coming from the heart, it's vain. You know, if it's not from a humbled heart, not mm-hmm. just from the heart, but a humbled heart, mm-hmm. recognizing that you are this sinner, mm-hmm. that God has blessed you with an opportunity to bow before him, and he is willing to hear your prayer. Mm-hmm. He's only going to hear the humble. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble, James mm-hmm. 4, 6. If you humble your heart before God, it is not in vain. So make sure that when you pray, it is not in vain. Yeah. And that's that's the key point behind it, is to not, not do anything in vain when it comes to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we don't recognize that we do things in vain. Sure. You know, where every day before I eat, I thank God for the food. Mm-hmm. And... The prayers, a lot of times, you know, how many ways can you thank God for the food, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as my dad put it one time, he's like, he's like, I don't want to be guilty of being, you know, in vain. He's like, but how many ways can you thank God for the food? Yeah. Well, if it's still coming from the heart and you're thankful for the food, it's mm-hmm. not in vain. Yeah. Yeah, you're saying the same things, but it's not in vain. But there, there has been times where maybe I'm having a rough day or something like that, and so, like, these words just come out and... You know, in my mind, and 
but really it wasn't from the heart. Yeah. Because I'm I'm just mm-hmm. whatever my mind's clouded or whatever. So we all can be guilty of of um, vain prayer. You know, I'm I'm not excluded from that. Is what I'm trying to illustrate. So we need to make sure that when we pray, recognize who you're praying to, mm-hmm. and recognize your unworthiness and the fact that He is blessing you with this opportunity to pray to Him. Yeah, and there's so many things. There's so many examples. You know, partaking the Lord's Supper. Yeah, don't do it in vain. That's right. You know, even singing songs, don't do it in vain. You know. Yep. Uh, think of the words. It's an actual act of worship. Yeah. You know, singing to God, you know. And 1 Corinthians 11, as he as he talks about um, how you need to partake of the Lord's Supper. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 11, 27, you know, as, as he talks, 23 through 26, he's talking about the Lord's Supper. But then as it goes on, he's talking about examine yourself as you partake of the Lord's Supper. And he says, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Mm -hmm. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. And so, you know, as as he goes on, but you are eating and drinking damnation if you are doing it in vain. Yeah, exactly. That is a very scary thing to think about. That's exactly what we're talking about. It's everything that we do yeah. in this life in that we've been instructed to do. You better not do it in vain. <laughs> yeah. Or just because you have to, you know, I think of a, a child who uh, gets forced to do his chores. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Do their heart's not in it, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's why they have all the things underneath their bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. in their closet. And so, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about. Don't do it haphazardly. Don't do it yeah. halfway. You don't gotta, throw your... Yeah, don't try to throw your baggage underneath your bed, but yeah, rather you, get it out of your life. Yeah, you got, you, got to, you got to deal with it, and you got to do it the right way, the way that we've been instructed, and with your heart in it. We, we can all understand that. Yeah. You will say something like, oh, his heart just really wasn't in it, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's a job or whatever that someone's doing. Um, their heart really wasn't in it. So that's why they didn't do good, you know. Well, and a really good example of this is me in school mm-hmm. where dude, I'd be happy with a, a D plus. Sure. You know, and it wasn't that I was like stupid and I, mm-hmm. I couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. It's that my heart wasn't in it. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to get an A. I didn't care to get an A. Mm-hmm. I just did enough so I didn't have to take the class over again. Mm-hmm. And when you put it like that, everyone understands that. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's went through school. Like your son apparently gets A's because mm-hmm. he's trying. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everyone can get A's if they apply themselves and, and actually try. Well, it's and easier for some. It is. You know, like my friend who I hung out with got A's and he didn't try. Mm-hmm. He was just smart, you yeah. know. Yeah. But it I was happy with a C C minus or a D plus. I was happy with a passing grade. Well, and and another example is that I did. I was similar to you. Yeah. But when I went to college and went into something that I liked, and it, and everything was tailored towards that career. Mm-hmm. Huh. It was way better. You excelled in it because your heart was. My in heart it. was in it. That's right. And and so that that's what we're talking about when we're worshiping God. 
our heart's got to be in it. Yeah. One hundred percent. You got to, you know, um, and and that's exactly what we're talking about. Because if it's not, you're vainly worshiping him. Yeah. If your heart's not in it. Yep. You're vainly worshiping. We got to be real careful that we're not doing that. And you know, and there's there's two sides. So one, your heart has to be in it. Yeah. And the other part that is most is most crucial, I would say, is it has to be done according to His way, mm-hmm. His will. If it's not, then that's vain too. That's right. I mean, and imagine if your heart is in it, but it's just not according to His knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know how many how many people will go and listen to a sermon? And then go home and not study themselves approved. Mm-hmm. They'll just take him at his word. And, well, he was preaching it, and mm-hmm. he did a lot of study before he went up there and preached, so it must be true. Mm-hmm. Now, I am not I am not going to play to anyone's heart and say that they purposely misled. I'm not here to say that. They can accidentally mislead, too. Mm-hmm. And that's another part where the preacher may not be trying to mislead you but maybe he didn't have a firm grasp on it and so he halfway he taught it the way he understood it but it wasn't correct Mm -hmm. it wasn't according to the scripture that's why you have to study it too Mm -hmm. you know maybe they were just accidentally wrong that happens i'm not trying to say that he's a false teacher now if he knew better and he still taught it wrong then that would make him a false teacher but Mm -hmm. Just because they said something wrong does not make them a false teacher, but it does make it to where the responsibility lies on you to make sure that what he said is true. Mm-hmm. Go home and study yourself, because if it's not according to his word, then you are doing it in vain. Mm-hmm. And that's, so, vain worship and, and vain prayer and, and vain speaking can be very dangerous for us. If If our heart is not in it, if we're not seeking to do it with our whole heart. You know, Colossians 3.17, it says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Mm -hmm. So whatever you do in word or deed, you know, whether you're you're out in the the world and you're, you need to live a Christian life. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be a, a pew warmer, as I say. You know, you put on your Sunday best, you're here, and, and you can fool everyone at church. Yeah. And then you go home, and, and it's like you, you take off your Christian clothing, you know, and you, uh, you're you out into the world with your friends, and you're cursing just like them, and you're drinking just like them. You're If you're somebody different when you're at home, you are not doing whatever you can in word or deed. Mm-hmm. We got about five minutes here. We could touch on um, not trusting in uncertain riches. Okay. Because, you know, that's kind of how someone, some people might characterize a religion if yeah. they're rich. That's right. Or if they have lots to offer monetarily yep. or physically. Yeah. And and I've, I've actually seen where people will change the word of God to fit the rich, you know. But First uh, Timothy six seventeen, and I think that Ecclesiastes one two is good too. Yeah, I, uh, vanity of vanity says a mm-hmm. preacher. Yeah. All is vanity. Yeah, all yeah. is vanity. Everything in this life is vain. Yeah, and uh, but First Timothy six yeah. seventeen because I I did already say that earlier. Yeah, right. Um, but First Timothy six seventeen, you can go look it up if you want. Ecclesiastes one two. Yep, <laughs> and it also says it again in Ecclesiastes twelve eight. Okay. 
Um, so he he almost end or begins and ends with saying the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. And this was uh, Solomon who wrote it. You know, he was he was the wisest. Um, but in First Timothy six seventeen, Paul is talking to Timothy here, and he's talking about those who are rich, and he says. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So he's telling the rich who, let's face it, when you're rich, you have everything at your fingertips, right? With wealth comes power, you know? Yeah. Where... I love the next verse. If you verse. don't have it, you can pay for it. Go ahead and read The it. next verse, 18, says, Let them do good. That they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. Yeah. And, you know, but a lot of times what you see is they put a lot of trust in their in their wealth, in the uncertain mm. oh, riches. Yeah. yeah. Because nothing is certain in this life, right? Mm-hmm. Where robbers can break in and steal it. Well, and, and the thing is, you can lose your riches in, in, a, in That's an instant. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, and, like, for example, if... Uh, if all your wealth is in the stock yeah. market, mm-hmm. if the market crashes, there goes your money. Yeah. You know, and rich one day, broke the other. Yeah, nothing's certain. You could get uh, sued, whatever. You, you could... Very good so An accident yeah. could happen. You could lose everything. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, nothing's certain. Yeah. And because those riches in this world is vain. You know, it, it's it's hoping in the in the vain things. Mm-hmm. We got to look at Luke um, twelve. That's where I was going. Luke twelve thirty three and thirty four. This is what Christ is talking about the rich too. He says, "Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." Yeah. Drawing it right back to the heart again. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are storing your treasures in heaven, this is what Christ is talking about. Storing your treasures in heaven, your money bag won't grow old. You know, you, you will never you will never be without. Yeah. Because God will provide. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. If your treasure is stored up in heaven, your heart's gonna be there. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna be constantly meditating upon Heavenly things, where your treasure is. You know, if, if all of your your wealth is in this life, you know, saying you have every toy that for a man that is offered, you know, you have all the four-wheelers, motorcycles, anything and everything, the, the biggest boat and all that, mm-hmm. your heart's going to be there because that's what you've invested in. You know, it's going to be on all that stuff when you're going to invest all your time into enjoying that stuff well if if your treasure is stored up in heaven that's what that's what you're going to hope in that's where that's where all of your your focus is going to be on well and i think um we we talked about this too uh paul um paul saul yeah saul had a lot of riches before he was converted he did he was an educated person his family had a long line of Mm -hmm. of education and wealth um he came from a a rich part of probably you know not really i don't know if it was rich but and you know he gave up all that yeah and basically spent his whole life teaching 
and being persecuted and for being Christ. persecuted and ended in prison like was in prison forever yeah and then eventually was executed mm-hmm. and um he so he gave up all that but he he talks constantly about how that doesn't matter yeah you know it it all it you know i'm trying to think you're you're thinking of the verse but like a lot of times when he signed off on his letters uh he stated that that it doesn't matter yeah my i've my treasures are laid up in heaven that's right you know philippians 3 8 you know as, as he talked about all the things that he was he was rich in the the jewish world you know he had a lot of respect from people he he was a leader of some sort, you know, it doesn't give his title, but, you know, when when he stoned Stephen, they laid the garments at his feet. That That's a position of entitlement of where mm-hmm. the leader would be getting the spoils of war. And so he was some sort of a leader. Um, and as he talks about all of that stuff that he excelled with, he says um, in verse 8 of Philippians 3, Yet doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Now, that's the King James Version. Chad, you probably have rubbish, right? Yeah, it says rubbish. Um, also count all things loss. Yeah. Yeah. I like the word dung. Um, mm. But here's why. You know, for the longest time, everyone had outhouses mm-hmm. because they wanted the dung as far away mm-hmm. from them as possible. And we have cows across the street. Man, you can tell when they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh man, it, it stinks. Mm-hmm. But even in our house, now that we have indoor plumbing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. As soon as the dung hits the toilet, we flush it and get it as far away from us as possible. Mm-hmm. Yep, we don't want to be anywhere near it. And all the wealth and fame and, and all the glory that he had in the Jewish world, he wanted it as far away from him as possible. He, he wanted nothing to do with it. He thought of it as dung. Yeah. Wanted it as far away from him as possible. That's why I like the, the term dung, because, mm-hmm. man, you can have trash in your house. You know, we all have trash cans, and we keep the trash there until the trash can is full. Not necessarily because it stinks, but because it's full. And so that's when we get rid of it. But as soon as the dung hits the toilet, it, we flush it, right? Mm-hmm. Get it as far away from us as possible. And that's how he thought of his wealth and his his um, stature in the Jewish world. He wanted as, as far away from him as possible. But the reason why is because it was in vain. Yeah. He, he knew it was for vain reasons. Mm-hmm. There's no point in it. There, yeah. it. It was pointless. Yeah. And so that's a very uh, good point to bring out, and that's actually a very good point to end yeah. on, too. That's it. I mean, I think we can all be encouraged if we go read some of the sign-offs that um, Paul wrote in the books that are in the Bible that yeah. he wrote, because it's it's a faith builder. It's it. We can see what he went through, what he gave up, and what didn't matter in his life that shouldn't be that important in our life, because our treasures are laid up in heaven. So, one thing that we were gonna um, bring up there, we may be taking a two-week hiatus because I'm gonna be traveling. And it's going to be very difficult to record, so it may be a couple of weeks till we're able to record another uh, podcast. We apologize for that, but that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah, uh, It may be very difficult for us to do a, a podcast, and so we're going to kind of take a little break um, for the first part of this month anyways. And then as soon as we can get back to it, we will. 
Absolutely. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that. But there may be a couple of weeks where we aren't able to record an episode. So, But we appreciate you being with us uh, tonight and uh, hope you've enjoyed our study. Again, if you have any questions, send us a note, email us, give us an email, um, and give us a share. And we really appreciate all y'all for listening. Thank you guys very much. We'll see you next time.